think she looks already like a Marjala model. addressing was a woman who had humor, who was free, who was not counting on her sexual uh, sex appeal to exist. Um, probably a working woman because it was convenient clothes also. So all this for me is the portrait of an intelligent woman and and I like it. I like that this person has this vision of woman in a world where fashion is so often linked to a certain sexual vision of woman, which I find personally sometimes pretty to look at, but very boring. And we are back. We're back. Um, and For another very pretty but boring podcast. Boring, <laughs> you ask me. Um, we, a little while ago now, watched yeah. Martin Margiela in his own words, and we which, heard... Which is like this documentary about um, Martin Margiela, um, and uh, it's kind of like, you know, the first time in which people hear um, him speak, and hear him speak about his work, hear him speak about his love of Brigitte Bardot, um, and his, it, it was very revelatory. playing with dolls. It's definitely the f- best fashion documentary I would agree. I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Harry Neff has a great review of it on Letterboxd. Yeah, well. everyone needs to go check out Harry Neff's review. That was really insightful. Um, yeah, I agree. Best, best fashion movie ever. Um, and uh, they paint, like, I love all of the music in it because it's like, he is a rock star. Yes, he like started yes. off at Jean Paul Gaultier, and he yes. um he rocked the fashion world and whatever, yes, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. all of the kind of like testimonial, talking head style interviews are with like, uh, like uh, fashion journalists, um, his models, um, mm-hmm. women who love you know loved his clothes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, we talk about. The Margiela woman. Well, who else do you say that about? I think I first tried that in reference to Mugler, the Mugler woman. Yes, people talk a lot about that. And I think it's these brands that have a very distinct um, point of view that separates the clientele from mm-hmm. someone who would shop at, um, I don't know, the Prada woman is a very specific woman. The Mugler woman is a different kind of woman. The Margiela woman yeah. is a different kind of woman. And it's necessary to uh, delineate those and create those identities to create a sense of what loyalty, fidelity to and a it's brand. At, and at a, yeah, at a fundamental level, like when you form a company, when you're selling a product, you, yeah. would like to, you would like to delineate what your brand is. It's like branding 101, I guess. Yeah. And um, what is so fabulous about Margiela, and I think what, what we will go into, but what Derek McCormack said is that um, whilst there is so much kind of uh, speculation, fanfare, mythologizing of Margiela as this kind of ghost, as this kind of magician, as this kind of trickster, at the end of the day, he is just a fabulous marketing genius with a great eye for fashion. Mm. And um, actually what we learned 
very cute accents. <laughs> <laughs> very charming to listen very to. Very charming Belgian accent. Um, and I think what's so important about the kind of like mythologizing of the XYZ woman is um, what is she doing? Where is she going? Why is she yep. wearing these yep. clothes? Yep. 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 And that works on a very like formal level, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're thinking about... Um, how is she getting dressed in the morning? Where is she going in these clothes that she's wearing? What do these clothes enable her to do? When I got my Margella purse, which is my prized possession, I it sounds so vain and vapid to say, but it changed my life because of the way that this bag allows me to walk around, mm-hmm. have access to all of my things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very fabulous in it. Um, and... It's not that there's something utilitarian about the way Margiela makes clothes, but it's the fact that they are tailored to form. I have a bag that looks like five bags glued together. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's like kind of postmodern and self-referential in the mm-hmm. way that it is a bag. It's thinking about bags as it is a bag, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's something about the um, absurdity of it and the absurdity of a lot of his clothes because they're they're very explicitly saying hey, I'm a thoughtful piece of clothing. I'm a shoe that is like an illusion of a shoe that is thinking about shoes. And I think because it's like a bit absurd, it might be taken to be like a bit pretentious, a bit obnoxious even. And I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a deliberateness towards like, um, the thoughtfulness of, of the clothing and the garments and the kind of, sort of obviousness of some of the ideas that he has the simplicity of those ideas at 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 a formal level um are very i think well anyone could do that anyone could put the tag on the inside and have the um the four stitches the four stitches on the outside anybody could put um you know a very oversized singlet on top of a skinny lady's body and then put sheer over the top of it and look at how the the fabric forms underneath. Like anyone could do that. And I think that there's this like kind of pretentiousness to doing it in spite of how simple something is. And being steadfast in the simplicity is actually frustrating to people because fashion is supposed to be complicated. It's supposed to be hard to understand. It's supposed to be uh, admirable in its construction. It's supposed to be... um, it's got to have lots of bells and whistles and it's right. got to be worth the money. There's got to be, there's got to be a sense of like wonderment, luxury in the textiles, yeah. what it's made from the way that it is made. Is it, you know, uh, did it take 10,000 hours to be yeah. like, did they have 12 women standing over a in lab coats, standing over the yeah. table for like months and 35 months. hours. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, like you said, I think it's like it. It seems like spiteful almost. To... It's spiteful. It's it's. I don't think people like to be made fun of. Yeah. I don't think people like to. Um, see, uh, I think the fashion world. This is not a new take. The fashion world is very serious about fashion. People love fashion. They take it very seriously, and they will talk about it. The color purple for twelve hours, and not the movie. They'll talk about the literal color purple. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's cerulean. And you know? there is something very um, refreshing about seeing people be made fun of. But the audio that you heard at the beginning of our episode, probably, we think. We think. Um, <laughs> is a little snippet from the documentary. And when we're watching this, we're watching it like late at night. 
and we're both like barely keeping our eyes open. I hear this That's comment. That's not true. We were captivated. Okay, yeah, maybe we were captivated a little. Um, we turn to each other as this lady says, you know, the Margiela woman is not interested in sex. I'm not, I'm, I mean, quote unquote, I, I, I'm she, not going to right. I'm paraphrasing. Um, she is a working woman and she is an intelligent <laughs> because woman. Convenient. <laughs> because she is not concerned with her sex appeal. And uh, Laura and I turn to each other and we go, no, well, okay, the thing is, is I watched this before and I, like, this was the, the furthest thing from pertinent in my mind. Like, right. this was not something that, that my ears pricked up for. It was something that you, I really felt like you turned to me and you kind of, like, furrowed your brow and I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? You're like, what? I am intelligent. <laughs> You're like, she's complimenting me. <laughs> no, I, okay, my, my, my first thought is I'm like, Ding, 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 ding. Red flags go off when people start talking about intelligence. Yeah. Because it's... It's we're so talking Darwinian. About, we're talk, no, but yeah, but we're talking about luxury goods. Yeah. So you're intelligent because you're loaded and you go to a store and spend... There, there's nothing intelligent about that. that no, to me that's is, actually stupid. That's stupid. That's ill-advised. That's mis, you know, misdirected. But not only okay, that... Okay, Mr. Money makes me come. Okay, Mr. Money makes me come. Um, but not only that, you you have to think about who's saying this. And yeah. what, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean when she says this? First of all, she's putting other women down. That's just the, that's just the start. Well, I mean... That's just the first taste. Like, the, that's, the, that's, that's the, the high note, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then... Then the, then the subtext is... Um, this is Sandrine Dumas... Who was in? Um... And she, by the way, on, in, so before you explain who she, oh yeah, who she, she actually, really who is. she really is in the film, the little like the text that comes up on screen, it says her name, uh, film director, Margiela model from like you know nineteen ninety to ninety three, something like. Love that. Love how they put it years. Like, they're really aging her anyway. Um, basically, they claim that she's a film director, but she is actually the heir to the Hermes estate. She Which is, is where Margiela worked for years and years as a ghost designer. Ding, ding, ding. She's uh, Nuit-sur-Seine, born and raised. She Which I is, learned is not even in Paris, but like it's like Paris plus that is Paris. Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, she's basically nepotism babies before we were throwing those words around. Um, and... For her to say that, um, real that rich. the Margiela real woman, rich coming from her operative word rich, um, for her to claim that the Margiela woman is a working woman, I think is the funniest part of all, because it completely ignores any kind of class consciousness where she can even conceive of like, what do people earn when they mm-hmm. work? What do working women earn? Yeah. How are working women spending their money mm-hmm. and how are non-working women spending their money? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because this is not even about like putting down women who don't work. It's actually like the vanity project cohort of women who in And not the ones careers, who are listening to this podcast. Not the ones listening to this podcast. Although for any of you who have a vanity project, um, congratulations <laughs> and welcome to the party. We love it. We're obsessed <laughs> with our vanity project and... Um, and so should you be also. So should you be, yeah. But basically, I think she's speaking to a collection of women... Who are like Vanity Project, quote-unquote, directing films. Show me a film she's directed. 
Um, <laughs> We're just t- putting this woman down. I love it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, but I'm sorry. The way that they claim that they're... It's like, it's just, it's just crap. It's fake you know? careers. It's, 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 it's like, it's just crap. So, <clears throat> and what she said, I, I, you, you really convinced me was crap, you know? Because I just, I don't know, I didn't give it any thought when I watched it the first time. Even you were too the, busy. Even the second. You were too busy, like, you know. Gagging on the, on the garments. Gagging on the compliment. <laughs> I didn't, no, it wasn't even that. It just, like, totally just flew under the radar for me. Was yeah, not, yeah, it yeah. did not flag as something, like, interesting for me to think about. But when you really said it was, like, I think you framed it to me as anti-bimbo. Yeah, I think it's anti-bimbo. And I, and I... I really do think that the whole like uh, bimbo core or the bimbo, I, I shudder to even say the word discourse because it was not a discourse, but the way that bimbo, the bimbo dialectic, dialectic, exactly. came back into the, into the, um, cultural lexicon for like a year and then disappeared to me. It was very shallow, funny that, that it was shallow, but nobody was really that interested in like. Why, why bimbo? Why, why bimbo? Why now? Why stupidity? Yeah. Why, why emphasize um, being stupid? I think people identified with it and I don't think people knew why they identified with it, with yeah. the bimbo. Well, tell me, you're, you famously are bimbo on We're going to be bleeping that. <laughs> I don't want people to go find me on Twitter. Um, um, wh- why do you identify with bimbo? I think it's a very sexy word. I'm just going to say, I okay. think it's a very sexy word. Yeah. It has a beautiful little, you know, I think it looks very great. I love a five letter word. I beautiful. love, um, I love to pretend that there's nothing going on in my head Yeah. and I would love to exist. I'm, I'm going to link it back to something that said a very long time ago about snapback lesbians. Okay. But she said something uh, to something to the along the lines of, um, wouldn't I be so much happier if I was a snapback lesbian? Wouldn't my <laughs> life wouldn't my life be so much easier? I want that for her. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I want that for her too. But um I really think that my life would be so much better and I would be such a happier yeah. person yeah. if, if I really was a bimbo. Yeah. And um and I have nothing but respect for very stupid women. I think that they are the backbone of our society. And I think that they keep us all gagging. Gagging, <laughs> I'm just gagging. I don't know. I don't know why bimbo either. I don't know why bimbo. I don't know but that's what I'm we're here bimbo. to find out. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it, it, it felt like it was, it was bimbo this, bimbo that, bimbo oh, something. Well, oh, well, Miss Bimbo, you're educated. Yeah. And it was, um, and yeah, I'm stupid. Like, oh, he's a himbo. What a lovable himbo. Like... Himbo is a whole different thing because men are stupid and himbos are real. But I don't think a single bimbo that we're talking about, I think it's, I think it's just a, it's just a, let's all pretend we're stupid kind of vibe just right. for fun. Right. I think that's really right. what it is. And it's, and what are we saying there? It's like that, that's about liberation. About There's the liberation. About well, the pursuit of, the pursuit of happiness and style. Absolutely. Absolutely. Clear headed. Nothing going on between those just sexuality. beautiful eyes. Just sexuality. Pure. Well, I have Pure, to be the most fuckable bimbo at this Margiela at the, in the store. Margiela store. In the Margiela <laughs> flagship store in Paris. So basically what this spurred for us was a, was a conversation that ended up being uh, a couple of week long. Oh, investigation. Uh, investigation into why is intellectuality 
and sexuality. Why are they? Why is that a dialectic? Why are they put on up opposite ends of the spectrum? And is there a connection between them? And how do you traverse that? Yeah. And can you both exude yeah. intelligence and sex at the same time? It's it's a like in, why why is intelligence and sex a binary? When I say I'm non-binary, I mean I'm intelligent. <laughs> neither intelligent nor sexy. <laughs> non-binary, neither. <laughs> I have no intelligence or sexy. <laughs> or sexy. Um, <laughs> so basically, uh, I, my first, my knee-jerk reaction is... Yeah. Um, the reason why uh, Miss Dumas is saying that the Margiela woman is not interested in sex appeal, I think at a formal level, it is about hemlines. I think it is about skin. I think that our, our conversation around sex and clothing and what nakedness and mm. sexuality and desire has to do with clothing is still very much at a base level. It's about how much skin do you show? Yeah, it's about what well, colors what were do you, you wear? wearing? When what, you it's were, it's you a know. what were you wearing when you got when you got X Y Z Exactly, exactly, and um, it's very much how we connect uh, cultures of assault and mm-hmm. perversity and surveillance and um, voyeurism to women's dress, mm-hmm. women's bodies. Even yesterday when we were at um, we were at the park reading this damn book, which we're oh going to go God. into in a little bit. Laura was wearing a skort, um, a brown skort. Like, it's truly the, like, it's, like, so sexy because it's, like, so short and, like, utilitarian. But it's not sexy at all. It's literally a brown jersey skort from Los Angeles Apparel. um, Okay, but how can you say that a Los Angeles Apparel item is not not sexy? sexy. I think you're trying to, I think you're trying to, um... You're trying to I'm make trying it to sound like it's completely non-sexy when the reality is it's, so it's sexy when it's on you <sighs> and it's, you know... <laughs> Thanks, um, doll. <laughs> of course. Um, no, but I think it's impossible for us to mm. say what men do or do not find sexy because we don't no, know. No, it's actually really con- confusing to me. And it's that's very confusing. At the, at the but, heart but what of happened, all of these questions of the podcast, what happened when I was wearing this skirt? Yeah, basically Laura's reading this book. We're lying on top of the hill and Laura is... Uh, I guess we're on. I've the... like I, I don't know. I've like got my I've got my legs up. I've got my knees up. I'm just sitting. I'm feeling pretty uninhibited because I'm like totally. it's, a, it's a squat. It's a squat. And, it was and a there's hot this man. Day. There's this man with his TNs off. Um, barefooted. Barefooted with his TNs off in the park, <laughs> and I noticed that he's like looking at us, but when he's not looking at me. Let's let's get real for a second. He's he's looking at Laura, and then he puts his hand in his pants, and he just keeps it there. And I'm like, oh, is he adjusting? And he wasn't adjusting. He was just keeping his hand in his pants. And so I sort of nudge, nudge, Laura, um, should we move? And mm. then we had this moment of, well, shit, like you could be, I remember, I remember Macy Rubman talking about this right. in Nympho Wars. She said something along the lines of, it's when I look the least, it's yeah. when I put no effort into yeah. how I look. Seriously. It's when I walk out to go get a fucking bagel. I don't remember which episode yeah. of Nympho Wars it was. She said, it's when I go outside looking like a drowned, harassed rat and I'm trying to get a bagel and that's when I get catcalled. That's when men grope me on the street and... Um, and I'm really interested in what do men find sexy and how is clothing in conversation yeah. with that? I it's remember... Such a, it's such a mind fuck for me. It's such a yeah. head fuck, as Peaches would say. It's a head fuck. It's a head fuck for sure. I mean, yeah. Even when... Um, I'm going to be vulnerable for a moment. Even when I was like in the... Like giving evidence for this 
like sexual assault trial they asked me what i was wearing yeah and i had to describe like the the like i think they were like hollister track pants with like a glitter like glitter glue stain on the thing and like you're like it was literally dark um and it's just like such a yeah it's just such a head fuck of a stupid of a disgusting culture that um because it's not what we wear and it's 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 like were you inviting you were a vulnerable person at that time no matter what the oh yeah right right but the subtext of what they're saying is were you asking to be touched were you asking to be looked at like was what you were wearing a way for you to um invite attention Mm. did you want attention Mm. and the way that that wanting of attention is weaponized and um distorted to to justify oh you looked like a woman who like has a sexual desire therefore you are not intelligent you weren't intelligently thinking about your like safety or whatever to use this woman's words the uh you know the dichotomy of sexy versus intelligent yeah yeah um And to take it back to Margiela clothes and yeah. what they kind of look like in a formal sense is, and how that works with, in terms of like how they interact, how the clothes interact with sex and sexuality is that the clothes are perhaps a bit hostile, I was mm. saying, because of their design and because of the way that they maybe a bit, they, they have so much attention to form mm-hmm. that perhaps they're like, they look hostile to take off. If you're like undressing the Margiela woman, maybe you don't know how to take the clothes off. Interesting. You know what I mean? And maybe maybe the clothes like have like a uh, kind of impenetrability because of the way that they're kind of pretentious and obnoxious mm-hmm. and like uh, making fun of you as you're trying to like undress this person, undress the Margiela woman. Mm-hmm. And. And what, what does it mean for a woman who pays attention to uh, form and has an intelligent eye and, and um, a deliberate attention to form? What does it mean to say that she is not someone who is interested in her sex appeal? Does it mean that she's not interested in sex? Does it mean that she's conquered the, um, conquered the, the mountain of male attraction, male desire, or male attention? Does it mean that she doesn't need that? And I think that that's a fantasy that a lot of women, particularly straight women, of course, have around um, identity and sexuality. Like, I don't need a man type of It's an I don't need a man kind of thing. And maybe this woman is trying to communicate... um, Maybe she's speaking to something much more personal than we realise, that actually, um, for her... Dressing in a uh, in a way that supposedly has no sex appeal is to opt out of a culture that um, mm. sexualizes her body mm. and makes her feel watched or um, objectified or sexualized or um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I think that the important thing about the clothes is when you actually look at them. There's so many contradictions to what we've just said. Like I've said, you know, maybe there's a hostility to the clothes because perhaps the way it like actually ties up and is affixed to your body is like confusing with how to take it off and put it on. Mm -hmm. And um, perhaps like uh, 
having this intelligence and attention to the form of the garments that you're wearing, perhaps that's like a, um, a symbol about your um, uh, disinterest in, in men generally in the male gaze and whatever. Yeah. But to put like a spanner in the works, don't you think the clothes are sexy? Don't That's exactly what I said. Are... That was my first thing. I was yeah. like, I just don't agree. I think that it's so it's so limiting to say that to say that clothing that is drained of like vibrant color yeah. or clothing that is minimal or clothing that is because it's not um, particularly covered up. In the first collection, we it's see not always that many, covered up. Exactly. How many pairs of tits, for example? Of course, of course. we see like women in uh, what's basically like mimicking like. Uh, like bondage when her like wrists are tied up or um, perhaps she has like, she's wearing like a pair of stockings over her face yeah yeah and that is just like I think brimming with sexuality you know for sure for sure and I think it's it's such a loaded and like impossible thing to talk about because sexy is sexy is so abstract and sexy is so personal and um it's easy to look at like a blue marine show and say this is sexy mm. but it's only sexy because of how it like is in conversation with all of this culture around um bimbo aesthetics y2k certain colors uh, mm -hmm. femininity mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes femininity is switched for sexiness sometimes people are really yeah. it's, sometimes it's a black black and white kind of thing and I think with Margiela, it's a lot more sexy than she's allowing it to be. And I think it's a projection of her own idea yes. of femininity yes. onto Margiela. Yeah. And almost this is what Margiela is doing. And this is part of the brand mm. is that um, the blank, the blankness of his mm. whole entire career, the blank color, the, pa the painting over, the canvassing of things, the, mm -hmm. the, the blankness, I can only say that it's blank is allowing us to project ourselves onto it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, it's just like, so we've been reading this book by Derek McCormack called Judy Blame's Obituary, which is about writings on fashion and death and the macabre. And, um, and I feel as though Derek McCormack is someone who has a very interesting relationship towards clothing, but also a very deeply personal and um, special... Devotional. Devotional adoration of Margiela and mm -hmm. also a really strong projection of what Margiela means to him totally. and a mythologizing of what this man means and what his clothing means and yeah. how Derek feels when he wears Margiela or what, what he can become in Margiela. Totally. And it's all connected to his like language of symbols and images and motifs like in Derek McCormack's work specifically about, um, disease death macabre horror monsters etc um a kind of frankenstein-y stitching and cutting up and deconstructing and reconstructing and that form. that stitching and reconstructing is like not just in Derek McCormack's text but he describes Margiela doing that so in a chapter called Maison uh, Maison Monster Margiela in Judy Blame's obituary he says Margiela experiments with clothes like Dr. Frankenstein experimented with cadavers mm. um and that I think this piece of writing predates a uh, well-dressed wound. These these pieces of writing in Judy Blame's obituary are all a bit older, I believe. Yeah, it's like a collection of short, very short essays. Um, um, but we did a podcast episode on the well-dressed wound, which is a like screenplay kind of 
of uh, wherein it's a closet drama. Remember, a closet drama. Thank you. Wherein Margiela plays the devil. Yes, it's so, fabulous. It's really fabulous. It's really fabulous, and these are ideas that he's played with for a long time. Is basically so. So you can go back to our episode. I think we have it on Patreon. I don't remember what did we call that episode. Uh, something come, something. Something about come. The picture has the the Margiela come sneakers. The Margiela come sneakers. Um. Yeah, go back and listen to it because that was really fun. Um, but that says about the Margiela clothing specifically that there is something like torrid, tortured, sexy about um, the way it's kind of like mutilated. Like he'll take a dress, an evening dress, and a lot of the um, process of uh, Margiela creating and um, the way that John Galliano approaches it now at the house is by um, collecting garments and either like uh, refashioning them stitch for stitch, one to one, yeah, or by um, kind of like upside. It feels so crass to call it upcycling, but to like it does <laughs> sound crass, doesn't it? Because it's the final product is so, so much more beautiful. than just than just upcycling. Because when I think of upcycling, I think of Depop girls. Totally, buying, totally overlooking a yeah. no, like dead. <laughs> we'll, bleep, we'll bleep it. Um. <laughs> I had to say Gag. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, it's not upcycled. It is... It's not... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what Margiela does to clothes is not that at all. And it's, it's more like a, a mutilation, if you may. Like, yeah. perhaps it's like an evening gown slashed in half and then uh, tied back up. And... Um, Charles had uh, really recently listened to a podcast with um, Eugenie Brinkma. Eugenie Brinkma, um, and she was talking about um, art form, right, yeah, and creating was... readings on things. And she has this book called um, "Life Destroying Diagrams" that you've just got a hold of, right? Yeah, and um, we were reading a little bit about uh, her reading of Suspiria and formalism or radical formalism in horror. And she was talking all about Olga and this particular scene um, where... Uh, the 2018 Suspira. Yeah, 2018, I should, I should delineate. Um, where, uh, what's her name? Uh, Susie is um, kind of... She is dancing. It's sort of an audition sort of thing. And Olga, who is this Russian dancer who is currently on the outs, she's escaping the coven slash tanz theater. Um, she, uh, she becomes kind of possessed and her body is in motion in the same way that Susie's is, um, and she gets tied in a knot basically. So basically Susie's dancing and that's manipulating Olga's body. Yes. Yes. Um, and they're, they're in different rooms. Susie has no idea. And then Olga is being absolutely tortured by the movements that Susie's doing elsewhere. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so, um, so Brinkema, she goes into the sort of etymology of the word torture and recalls the Latin roots of, I, I don't know how to say it, but torcer mm. or to, torcere, I don't know how to say it, which, um, which actually originates in the kind of, it actually meant to twist, turn, wind, ring, or distort. And um, she says of this, that is refusing to settle in itself the subject of what is twisted, turned, wound, wrung, distorted. 
Um, Suspiria is not a horror film because of the presence of witches or any vague effective account of its effect on implied or empirical spectators. It is neither more nor less than a horror film because it attests to the state in which the deformation of the body from an anthropocentric perspective is formally generative of a new possibility for aesthetic construction. In other words, invents a new genre of dance from a compositional perspective. And um, I think we could say the same thing of clothing and Margiela and the deformation of the body um, yeah. in perhaps like a more sexual way because um, I think the way that uh, film as a form interacts with the body is entirely different to the way that clothing as a form interacts with the body. Of course. And um, what kind of like actions they implicate. For of example, course. like uh, maybe film and dance works better than like clothing and sex. You know what I mean? What what film is to dance in Suspiria, Margiela's clothing is to sex, wow, undressing. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But also I'm thinking of it from a very like tactile level um, about the ways in which Margiela has twisted, turned, wrung. Yeah, literally, very literal. Pushed, like very, very I'm thinking very literally yeah. about how he works with fabric and how um, the house has, um, it, it's, it's an experimentalism um, that is uh, that is connected to torture and kind of the torture or the torque the the ways in which fabric is treated and mm. the ways in which it's mutated mm. um, are interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You were thinking a lot about um, McQueen. Yeah, well, I had basically wanted to kind of like make this connection between like uh, our kind of like horrifying sexuality of the Margiela woman and the McQueen woman. Um, and um, <laughs> I kind of also really got this impression from the Andre Leon Talley memoir, The Chiffon Trenches, when he talked about um, McQueen's work. I hadn't like read such a darkness into it until um, reading what he had to say about McQueen and what kind of like dark place he thought the clothing kind of came from. Um, but the link between the two that I thought was this hostility that I'm like fixated on with the Margiela woman and her clothing, I think is um, even more perhaps vulgar in the McQueen work where he's the collection Highland Rape is like very like explicit when I when I think of when I think of McQueen I think a lot of um Shalom Harlow being like attacked by robots (laughs) spraying her I think of oh what's that model's name the model who's walking in the frame I don't know her name I should know her name I forgot it Anyway, I think of um, bumpsters. I think of a kind of sexuality that is vulgar, of course, and also something very violent around the ways in which McQueen, as a male designer, um, looks at, at, or looked at, sorry, and um, worked with and tortured his models. Because I read things about McQueen that were like, before his show, he would, he would like, oh no, this was Margiela. He would shake them up before they would go out onto the runway, and he would oh, and like dizzy them, like... dizzy them and terrorize them, and um, this to me is a very Lars von Trier's, you know, what's it called? What's Lars von Trier's um, collection of people? What <laughs> the dogma? The dogma, like school of school of um, something like that. Modeling, where you basically uh, attack 
your models and you turn them into like subjects you're not like whatever happened to Shelley Duvall in the uh, exactly in that Kubrick movie whatever happened to Shelley Duvall in that um Dr. Phil interview oh that's sad that's so sad (laughs) um what have you got there um yeah just and just talking about like uh these gay male designers and their muses and models and um, <laughs> how they kind of, like, interact. Um, I found this uh, academic reading, actually, which um, is called Women's Body in the Fashion of John Galliano and Martin Margiela. And um, <laughs> basically what it claims is that Margiela describes the woman's body as human being, which doesn't highlight any sexual characteristics. Um, and it contrasts Galliano as, like, someone who's, like, employing the male gaze. I think this is completely stupid. Margiela restrains himself from using decorations and tries to create images by interaction between the clothes and bodies. Margiela's fashion is not dazzling with makeup. He even covers the face with fabrics. Um, so it seems to be a kind of uh, common kind of reading that Margiela is uh, deliberately shrouding a woman um, in order to create some sense of like modesty or prudeness or like anti-sex value, which I just take a problem with. I think this reading is blatantly incorrect. Yeah, so I just find it kind of interesting that women wearing makeup equals sexy. You know what I mean? That mm. like that makeup is about or it sex. doesn't or it doesn't, or it doesn't. you or know it's what I mean? Too like much. or like I prefer women who like don't wear makeup. That's exactly it. Like, That's exactly it. Like I just makeup wish that, like, is women would just like be you know like have that like natural beauty. Yeah, 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 and and I don't like the fake hair and the fake tits. And... Yeah, yeah, and the too much makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, all that shit around the eyes. Just get rid of it. Like there's so much kind of conversation around how women look or don't look with makeup and how that is attached to sexiness. And I personally am not tapped into the heterosexual male gaze slash eye slash desire, but I can only speak of how gay males speak about women's sexuality and how gay males look at I think women. we like, we need, need to talk about it because it's just like, not that there's like an imperative to do so, but like, where is the space where we're talking about how gay men are like looking at women and mm-hmm. like forming like entire like uh, languages of like imagery and working in fat, like dominating like the fashion industry, yep. Yep. dressing women, yep. putting makeup and hair on women, deciding how women should deciding dress, how women should dress, deciding how women should put clothing on their body, being a big part of the of the the dressing and undressing. Yeah. Gay males are in... They, they, help, they hold a lot of the cards. The only person who's talking about this is Camille Paglia. She is the only person who's talking about the, like... So true. What did she call them? She was, like, the, like, uh, faggot, like, lounge lizard, yes man, hairdresser in LA, like, in the parlors, the salons, the yep, whatever. Yep, 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 Um, And that, like, uh, like, that, like... Don't ask your gay friends yeah. their advice before, before you, you go, go get a spray, spray tan, tan on in, holiday in, in Taipei. Taipei. Um, um. <laughs> I, I do think there's something to it. I think the, the yes man, gay man, it takes a village people, mm. like communal dressing, dressing room, shop assistant, hairdresser, designer, mm-hmm. stylist. Mm-hmm. It's just gay men are fucking dime a dozen in this in this particular arena. And that is scary to me. 
and that is menacing and that is unsafe for women i believe and why because i think that gay men are ill-equipped to talk about women's sexuality i don't think gay men know the first thing about what women want i don't think they care i think they treat women like dolls and they want the women to be their dolls because they want to wear the dresses but they're not gonna wear the dresses because they're not allowed to wear the dresses so they're like humiliating their women friends by making them wear heinous dresses speaking of (laughs) what had happened was (laughs) Well, why don't you start? Well, um, Laura, Lev, and I went to a store in Berlin. So there's this store. So there's this store. And we... I'm not someone who is bold enough to be like, let me try all this on. But Laura is. And I love that. And that was fun to me. So Laura starts... Because also I had like absolutely deluded myself that like this was the store where I was going to spend like 2000 euros and like get myself something nice. So I was, I was, I was searching, you know, interesting, interesting. I was like this, I'm entitled because I am going to buy something. I tried on the most, like the first thing I think was the, um, I tried on these fabulous, very low rise. Uh, no, but I was talking about in, um, Paris, I tried on some fabulous, uh, vintage John Galliano, tiny, 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 tiny. Tiny Daisy Duke denim shorts. They were fab. They were fabulous. And then the, um, I saw some Margiela ones that were similar and I thought it was like, I don't know, kind of cute and special that they were still like John Galliano, but like Margiela, but like in the Vue store. So I tried on those like denim Margiela shorts that were like mm, fisherman mm, shorts mm. that were like stained or whatever. But it was like, you know, the smallest size they had just wasn't small enough. So <laughs> then so I had, stupid. I had tried on the, the yeah, the fabulous, um, Jean-Paul Gaultier, like, how do you describe it? Lot of Volkova. Lot of Volkova collab shorts that look kind of like... Very just Madonna, like... They're so 80s Madonna, but they're also like... Like a boxer. Like, there's something, like, masculine about the way they, like, tailor... I don't know if I get boxer. I get, like, I get, like, underwear, but I don't get boxer because they're so tight. No, no, no. Boxer as in, like, in the ring boxing gloves not boxers oh, like the underwear <laughs> right, right i mean like right. boxing boxing that's because a strange coincidence that we just encountered it's so funny yeah i didn't even anticipate that but um like the way that they like you should have seen the like paneling on the crotch is like it doesn't like i did see it yeah it's cool right it like cool. the paneling on the crotch is like like it would be on like men's underwear or something and that's sexy that and is overtly oh, sexy so horny um, that is very horny clothing. Laura just put her hands on her breast and said, "That is so horny." Is and closed so... her eyes and kicked, cocked her head, her cocked her neck back, just so that you guys can get the visual. <laughs> and um, then what had I tried on? Oh my god, the 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 fisherman's little uh, neckerchief, <laughs> Amish. Um, what are you just what you bad, call it? bad, silly, crap. bad clothing? Anyway, anyway, let's get to the Simone Rocker. How do you say it? Rochas? 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 Simona Rocha? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, anyway, um, Lev sees this dress and he's like, oh, that is bloody interesting. That is, let's get Laura to put that on. And it's like, it's like a very faded apricot color. So by this point in the trying on of things, I was not so much involved in the choosing of the garments. I was just excited to be putting on the clothes because yeah, I had yeah. realized that at this point, there was nothing in this store that was that I was going to be buying. Nothing viable. Nothing viable. Nothing viable. 
So Laura puts on this Simona Rochers. I can't get it right. I don't know. It's like ankle length, long sleeve jersey, and it's elasticated so that the it creates these like bubble flowers yeah. on your body. Yeah. And because it's kind of like all ruched and scrunched up, Lev was like, what, what does this actually look like on a person? Anyway, I put it on. Look fucking stupid. Just just bad. We'll, just dumb. For the, for the patrons, for the people sending us Literally money, only you get to see. Only you guys get to see the pictures because we'll put them on um, on the Patreon. I wasn't posing for these pictures. The pictures no, I took the taken. pictures. You were, you were ready to see the pictures. I was ready to see the um, pictures. Basically... This faggot in the store wearing a dress. Okay, I had lovely s- dress. Oh, gorgeous beautiful, dress. tiny beautiful little waist. Faggot, great beautiful faggot. faggot. Um, I loved this faggot. Um, and not American, just because he was right? gassing me up. I think it was American. <laughs> I, think so. I think he had an American. He had American English anyway. Yeah. And um, it was it was. I said first, I was like, I look like a curator, and then he was yes. like. Yes, you look like you work in an art gallery. Like, she's giving success. She's giving art world. She's giving yes. da, da 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 And I was like, yeah, like, I should be wearing, like, a necklace out to here that, like, jingle jangles. And he was like, yes, you look yes. like you're giving intelligence. You're giving, you know, all yes. of this yes. kind of, like, and, by the dress. And my, my takeaway is that at Laura's worst, when she looks her worst, when she literally looks like she's put on, like... An apricot-coloured garbage bag that's got scrunchies, garbage bag. scrunchies pinched. Like, it looked like, you know, how people oh, do the tie-dye? Yes. And it's like the before yes, the tie-dye. Like, yes. it hadn't been tie-dyed yet, but they were doing the ties. For her to look her worst, that's when a gay man says she looks intelligent. She looks smart. She mm-hmm. looks like a woman who has a job. She looks like a woman who has a career. And she I looks just like a woman who works because the clothes are convenient to use the Like the idea of convenience yeah. is so, um, it's such a dodging of the real mm. ways in which working women are not sexy because they But they're also the money. sexiest because... To you. What I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying no, to say No, I was is, thinking of receptionist and the boss. But that's the... not the working woman we're talking about. When we talk what about... What are we talking about? We're talking about like professional women who are successful in... The global terms and conditions of what is success. And a receptionist job doesn't rank in this equation of successful women, right? Professional women in a different tax bracket. I'm talking about women at the time. You know, working women means prostitution horses. Well, yes, of course, but that's not what yeah, that's, that's not what Miss Dumas was saying at all. She's probably a working girl. She's literally talking about that. the hookers, the hookers at the Bois de Boulogne, because she's from <laughs> New sur Seine. So she's taken a little drive down to the Bois, tell them, tell them. and she sees all those sexy, sexy, lovely sex workers wearing new season Martin Mangella, and she's like. The working girls are wearing Margiela. It makes sense. The working girls are working. The working girls are working. Is the work working? working? Is the work working? Are the girls working? Are the girls working? Um, Basically, I just think that like... Because the fits were fitting. The fits fits were were not fitting in the store. No, 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 no. Because then the next thing that I had tried on was... I wasn't going to say the name of the store. Oh. You can bleep that. (laughs) We can bleep that. Um, (laughs) I know. It's silly. (laughs) And um, the next thing that I had tried on was this... Okay, on the rack, it really did look like a piece oh, of art. I'm I just going to say it. I was so ready to be I was be so like, smitten with this I thought it was bridal. Rack. I thought it was like, Laura it, was going to look the couture. most beautiful she's ever looked. I thought it was couture. I really thought, I was like, this is my bridesmaid's dress for your wedding, Charles. <laughs> 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 the Margiela woman. 
she's a bridesmaid. <laughs> Never the bride. Never the bride. <laughs> Always the bridesmaid. <laughs> so I had, uh, so just to explain on the rack, it looked like this beautiful, it was like, uh, it was like, because <clears throat> a bunch of Margiela stuff is like meant to look a certain way on the rack and then a certain way on the body. Right? Yeah. And there's Which meant is to that be... it's supposed to look fabulous on the rack. Oh. On the coat hanger. Oh, fabulous. fabulous. And if you don't have a coat hanger body, if you don't have co- coat hanger shoulders, good luck. Get out of Boo store. Take your ass across the road. <laughs> so, um, and, and it kind of like, it hangs from the rack in this beautiful, like, uh, pillowy, billowy, creamy, um, gorgeous, gorgeous, softest silk. We'll um, link this picture as well. But only for the people who pay because <laughs> no one's seeing this image for free. And then on the bottom, it's this kind of like, <clears throat> it looks like the, if, imagine that a pencil skirt was lined with a uh, w- with black chul on top of like this pillowy, satiny, silky, white, uh, creamy fabric. So you're seeing like um, top half is like a dress with big straps, V-neck. Le- v- v- and then the bottom half from like really, really low waist down is like a, the lining of a pencil skirt if it was black chul yeah. on, on white fabric. Fabulous, darling. And it just looked, uh, the, the way that it kind of like ruched and fell and draped or whatever, beautiful. So beautiful. Then I had put the dress on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't even know how to explain it, but basically it was like so You've pale. never looked better. Let me just say. Y'all, these faggots want to humiliate me so <laughs> bad. They are obsessed with humiliating me. So it was like pillowy billowy on the top where it was just like, it was just huge. It was just huge on the top. And then where the kind of uh, pencil skirt kind of uh, low waist kind of comes in, it was just like confusing. I don't know. Because it was loose on the top. I was confused. It was like I was tight on, confused. It was tight on like the hips and the butt, but nowhere else. And at this point in time, the faggot walks in and he's like, there's so many ways to style it. Look, you could do it like this. And then like he zips this. up the like pencil skirt bit at the bottom so that it like becomes like more... Uh, figure hugging on my lower belly. But it's weird because it's like padded fabric. Like it and looks the, like the, a pillow. But the way so that imagine the, you're pillowing your whole body. You're pillowing your whole body, but because of the kind of like sheen. And nobody getting plowed after pillowing their whole body. Well, and the, the because of like the sheen and the drape of this silky fabric, you can like you can see exactly where the indent of my belly button is, exactly where my like nipples are. Which exactly is so surprising because you think it's going to be extra padded and like, like obscuring, but it's not. It's not. It doesn't fall in that way. And he said, well, let me get you the one two sizes smaller. <laughs> it was rough, you It was, like, almost worse, I would even say. like Almost. It, there was no transformation at all. No, like, no. It was just as bad. And he was like, oh, it's so much better. <laughs> he just was... He was not... He was not about to admit to him. No. That horrible and mean things he was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And would never say. Didn't he say, like, he was like, oh, I'd love to see this on. Nobody's ever tried this on. It gets really good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so exciting. Like, Mm. it's truly like an experiment in design. And what what we learned that day was that while there are some... While Margiela has been winning big for years... There is also, there must also be some losing big. And what was Laura Ooh. doing in that change room? Losing, losing big. big. Um, and thank God we had Lev there to like. Yeah, to say, Laura, you, it, it's making you look fat. Which is the job of any good homosexual man. Who, you, look, you look fat in this dress? Yes. 
Does my does my <laughs> does my uh, Margiela, does the Margiela dress make me look fat? What is it? Does my butt look fat? In does this? My, does my head look fat in this? Does my bum look big in this? Yeah. Um, and and I looked fat. I was like, thank God, someone finally said it, so that I'm allowed to say I looked fat in this dress. Because it would actually be fat phobic of you to say that you looked fat before, um, <laughs> before a gay man was able to say it to you, right? Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. It's so funny. I mean, you're not, you're fully not allowed to say that you look fat in something because that would be fat phobic. Like, because, yeah. <laughs> because I'm skinny. Because I'm skinny. I can't say that. Don't say you're skinny. Oh, so you think you're skinny. Oh, interesting. It's really embarrassing when everyone who's. Um, but I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> so basically, we, we had to admit that. Um, that Margiela really dipped on this one. Yeah. And um, yeah. we had to also admit that... Uh, that that was not giving sexuality. No. It was giving... No. It was, it, we were not intelligent enough to understand how it intelligent was, this dress was. This was <laughs> dress. It was yeah, it was neither intelligent nor, nor sexy. sexy. So what was it? Ugly? So it was <laughs> dress. That's <laughs> 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 stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. I, that's gonna. That's gonna have to get edited out. Aww. Aww. <laughs> um. Everyone in the comments say, "Oh, if you don't want us to edit that out." <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Oh my god. We've now we've ostracized. Who have we ostracized with this episode? We've ostracized intelligent women. Intelligent women. We've sexy women. Straight men. Straight men. Who are attracted to women? We've ostracized. Homosexual men who like to humiliate intelligent women. And they're all obsessed. Even the nice ones are all obsessed with it. I think that we should like come to that realization sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. Really think about it. Really talk about it. Why is it so funny for you to humiliate women? Think about it. You're asking me? (laughs) (laughs) Silly. It was a rhetorical question. Um, And... um, yeah, we should, I don't know, should we... Do we have anything else that's yeah. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> let's seal it with a loving kiss. Yeah, let's seal it with a loving kiss. Mwah. 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 Ciao. Bye. The anonymity of the podcast. The anonymity of Marjola. <laughs> the anonymity of the lying. The anonymity, the anonymity of, of the, the sexuality. <laughs> the anonymity of the sexuality. <laughs> So we need to insert this addendum um, because we found some information and text that was so pressing and urgent that we had to splice this in. Yeah. And by the way, this is like five minutes after we finished recording. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in well, uh, Judy Blaine's obituary, Derek McCormack says. Says of Mugler, um, uh, he talks about a kind of ret- retrospective that toured uh, Montreal in which year was it? Let me check in 2019 and he speaks of uh fagginess in fashion and he says he has he has made a breakthrough in psychophag analysis and this is all thanks to Thierry Mugler rest in peace um no coincidence that psychophag analysis has the word anal in it not a coincidence not a coincidence at, at all he says the question why do fags so often create fashion the answer they don't create it. It creates them. He speaks of basically 
Mugler's legacy, and then he goes into saying that fashion makes fags so that fags make fashion. Since it is common knowledge that male homosexuals in extraordinary numbers are involved in fashion creation, uh, which is a quote from Edmund Burglar, and this comes from his book Fashion and the Unconscious, which was written in 1953, Gag. He says, there is a tentative discussion of whether or not the unconscious hatred of women, typical for every homosexual, has been responsible for some of the dress absurdities of the last half century. And um, McCormack goes on to say that Burglar was an analyst and an associate of Freud, who was famous for his homophobia, and not only that, but also his fixation on fags in... um, Creative director, creative directorship roles. roles. He says that he believes that homosexuals dress women as monsters, literal monsters, which calls to mind us in Vustor and the ways in which (laughs) and the ways that we acted, the ways that I was victimized, victimized, the ways that I was I was villainized really as like a monster. Mm -hmm. Um, He says fagginess. Burglar believed begins when a baby sees his mother as a monster who withholds comfort on a whim. The baby begins to find pleasure in being denied. To counter this masochism, he aggresses against her, then goes gay. Presto, a pervert. Gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, faggots um, faggots become faggots because they, they don't get what they want from their mum. Mm-hmm. And then he says, what is Mugler's fetish? Manfred Thierry Mugler was born in Strasbourg, France, and was raised there, and in Vittel, near Nancy. He says, Nancy is a synonym for fag. <laughs> oh, gag, gag. Do you think when, when like, faggots are dressing up women as monsters, are they doing that to, like, their mothers or to their daughters or to their, the women that should be their wives? Yeah, call in and let us know. To the gay men listening. <laughs> to the gay men working in the fashion industry. Do you hate your mother? Do you think she's a monster? Tell us, call in, tell us about your mommy issues. I would like to know. I would like to know what you think about your mother. Every night with my star friends. <laughs>